folks. Welcome back. Thanks for staying after the break. This is your host, Stu Jenkins, at Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews FM 98.5. And I'm so pleased to be continuing my conversation with election law lawyer Kevin Shankman, who uh, recently just won a uh, California Supreme Court case in the Pico Neighborhood Association versus city of Santa Monica that required the city or is going to require the city to impose uh, district elections for their council members. Uh, Now, uh, Kevin, we were talking a little bit about your letter to the city of San Luis Obispo um, demanding that the city of San Luis Obispo institute district elections under the California Voting Rights Act because it has historically uh, had... Racially polarized voting, um, as far as the Hispanic community goes, but uh, has had uh, little representation on the city council uh, by Hispanics. Um, Have have you looked at how far back that goes as far as uh, the polarized voting and the, uh, the lack of representation? So we usually look back at least 10, sometimes 20 years um, in in the uh, what's called in, in in our world endogenous elections, so in this case it would be the the San Luis Obispo City Council races, uh-huh. um, and, and and oftentimes we look back even a little bit further at some at some ballot measures. Um, oftentimes, uh, Prop One Eighty Seven, for instance, from back in nineteen ninety four, sure. is a good one to look at um, because it 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 tends to reveal racial attitudes. Well, that was the one that required uh, English be used in all all cases, and not Spanish, no, as I recall, wasn't it? No, no. So that that was, um, I think, two twenty seven. Two twenty seven. Okay. Uh, Prop one eighty seven was the one that, uh, if it hadn't been found to be unconstitutional, it would have denied health, education, and social services to. Um, Undocumented, undocumented immigrants, yeah. um, and frankly, the way that it was written, it probably would have denied uh, any public education to U.S. citizen children of undocumented immigrants. Oh my! Because it would have forced school teachers uh, to snitch on on, um, on, on parents. Their parents. Who, who they thought might be undocumented. Um, it was a, a horrible law. Um, it uh, it never really went into effect um, because luckily the the federal courts found it to be unconstitutional. Um, but uh, you know it, it certainly revealed the racial attitudes um, of California at least at that time. Uh-huh. Um, and I think most most state political observers would say that it uh, it, it is the primary initial cause of the demise of the Republican Party in California as well. Yeah. I, uh, I've invited all, uh, all of the uh, candidates for Senate on this show, um, U.S. Senate, and, uh, you know, all of the Democrats have raised uh, multiple millions of dollars, and the leading Republican candidate for that office has uh, less than 600000 See, I didn't even know that there was a Republican candidate for that office. <laughs> I didn't either till I read read up on it. But uh, I'll invite him too. Uh, we'll see because uh, we we do equal time here. Well, the, the, uh, 
looking back, um, I actually personally think that we should have district elections for city council members in San Luis Obispo, where I live, um, and where our station uh, is. But the uh, just to play devil's advocate for a second, um, we did have a mayor um, in recent history, and I believe he was on the council before he was mayor, uh, named uh, Romero. And, uh, you know, he was Hispanic. In fact, he, uh, he went to uh, the University of New Mexico to get his, his engineering degree before he came here and worked for the city uh, for many, many years. Is that, a, is that a fact that you all are, uh, you know, have factored in? Well, we're certainly aware of that. Okay. Um, but that, is, uh, that, that does not absolve uh, the city, uh, particularly in this instance with respect to Mr. Romero, for reasons that, um, you know, our, our, our experts could explain better than I can. Um, okay. It certainly doesn't, doesn't absolve the city from complying with the California Voting Rights Act. No, and I, th- I think to get a, uh, another Hispanic, you have to reach way back into the history of San Luis Obispo. Um, uh, on the city council, so that, that's that. But that was a factor I was curious about, and uh, the um, other reasons uh, that you're citing. Uh, what what are those for why there should be districts in the city of San Luis Obispo? Well, so from a legal matter, it, it's really simple. It's the the at large election system violates the California Voting Rights Act. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there are all sorts of good government reasons um, as well that sure. the city should be changing its election system, um, even if there was no CVRA. Um, you know, district elections are, are far um, far cheaper to run in. Um, you don't uh, candidates don't have to um, campaign to an electorate of you know San Luis Obispo is almost fifty thousand people. Um, you know, if you're dividing it up into five districts, you're talking about you know a little bit less than ten thousand people in each one of those districts. Then it all of a sudden becomes possible to knock on every door, to have that sort of retail politic, um, rather than sending out glossy mallers. Well, and, and if when, if the if the mayor was elected at large and you had four districts, it'd be about eleven thousand, twelve thousand people. Uh, sure. But you're right. Uh, you, it's a lot easier to knock on every door when there's only uh, 12,000 people, and that basically amounts to about 6,000 houses. Sure. With, with the at-large system, and this is not just San Luis Obispo, I think um, just about every city this, around the size of San Luis Obispo, um, you have a small group of people that really like at-large elections because they feel that they, are, um, that they get to elect uh, all five of the of the members of the council, but the vast vast majority of the electorate feels no connection to any of them. So, um, at least with districts, you have your one representative, just like we all have our one member of Congress um, that that we can go to that's responsible for representing us, right? Uh, rather than having no real connection to any of. It puts the representative closer to the voters who they represent, doesn't it? Right. So, well, and it gives uh, each side of town an advocate. 
Indeed. And, and um, you know, in San Luis Obispo, um, there are certain parts of the city that uh, don't necessarily always get their fair shake. That's for sure. We, we've, had, uh, <laughs> we've had one side of the city which consistently floods every time there's a big rain here. And, uh, uh, and the city has uh, always puts off the dredging of uh, a particular lake until after the flooding happens. Yeah, and, and I think that is, frankly, um, the courts have recognized that, that that is a natural, almost inherent uh, consequence of at-large elections. Um, in Santa Monica, um, the, the, the area that the minority community is concentrated in, the Pico neighborhood, um, has been the, where the city has cited um, the hazardous waste storage facility, the trash sorting facility. They ran a freeway through the neighborhood. Um, there's methane uh, coming out of the ground at, at, at the park in that, er- uh, in that neighborhood. Um, none of that happens in the wealthier um, parts of, of the city that have historically had, um, ha- have historically been overrepresented. Um, they all get put into the neighborhood that hasn't had representation. Right, right. And uh, what one of the uh, one of the problems that happens is you you have kind of a clubby nature to a town uh, where if you don't belong to those particular clubs, you have no influence uh, in the at-large system. So you may have the Chamber of Commerce that is uh, overly representative. The Rotary Club, that kind of thing—is that what you found in Santa Monica? Uh, certainly, I, I think Santa Monica has a little bit different um, politic. Sure. Um, it, uh, you know, I, I think the the current groups that that are in power and have been for for some time, um, at least, uh, started with a fairly progressive ideology. Yeah. It was, um, you know, Tom Hayden and his, and his crew. Who, who, frankly, uh, on a personal level, I, I admire their um, what they were able to accomplish politically and um, and policy-wise in well, Santa Monica. Kevin, we're coming up on a hard break here, so why don't we continue that right after this break? Stay tuned, folks, to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. <laughs> 